to you this morning that says confess to your brothers your weaknesses and I've just really been struggling with an attitude the last few weeks and I think it's part of, of just waiting. I, I've been a Christian for a long time. I started being taken to church when I was four years old and accepted the Lord at a really early age and by God's grace followed the Lord all the way through my young life and as a young adult. There's just something inside wanting to see more. You know, wanting to see more people saved. Wanting to see more people delivered and transformed. It was awesome, you know, having our Wednesday night uh, service and just having Althea share and Tina share their lives and to just hear the power of transformation that God transforms lives. And just to realize sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a process for a person to come to God and be transformed and be healed and be delivered. And those of us who are pastors, it, it sometimes we want to see things happen faster. And I felt like this part of my own soul, my self-righteous part, is like, come on, God. Boy, if I was running the universe, I'd be cleaning up people a little quicker, <laughs> you know? And it's just, you know, it just wears on you, you know? But it's part of that, that good thing that God's doing, that that God is very patient. It says he's long-suffering, uh, not willing that any would perish. And, you know, sometimes, like it was said today, sometimes we give up on ourselves, but, you know, it's done. It's a done deal. He's paid for our sins. He's seated us in heavenly places. He's given us the righteousness of God. And uh, I just am sorry if you detect an attitude on me. I've had an attitude. And I think it's been harder for me in myself having an attitude. Thank God, how come my attitude doesn't change? Why am I, am I not changing? And yet, God is faithful. And I know I'm saved because I know my spirit keeps me doing the right things and, and praying. And, and yet, there's that struggle with our old nature. And I've been telling the Lord, you know, it says we're crucified with Christ. Why do I have to deal with this old man every day? Why do I get up? And why, Jesus, and he said every day, take up your cross and follow him. Because the old man has to be put to death constantly. It'd be nice if I could put him to death in the morning, but it seems like all during the day, I've got to put the old guy down. So thank you for hearing my confession. Um, God really is good. I mean, I wouldn't do anything else or go anywhere else or have it any other way. But sometimes my attitude feels like, I just want to run, you know? But God is good, and he's working. I really had this on my heart uh, the, last, uh, the last week, this message. I hope it comes, comes across really clear. I really appreciate our men's Bible study. Jerry Munzer's doing an incredible job. The, the questions he brings out, and he gets us thinking, and just the atmosphere uh, of the men there who are letting the Holy Spirit just let them talk about the word, but in that presence, I feel like, wow, God's been speaking to me and even gave me my message for this week, gave it to me last week. So thank you, Jerry. And the title might be a little bit different, but I kind of remodified it after we did the bulletin. And I, I'm calling it Being Decisive with Our Will. You know, with all the information there is today and the readiness to find anything you need online and uh, just having lost one kidney to cancer and 
having my doctors watching over what I do and watching my kidney, my daughter tells me the other day that, uh, that they have a new bionic kidney that's going to come out pretty soon, and it won't be rejected or anything. So she's giving me some hope in case they have to lose that kidney, but I think I'm hanging on to it. <laughs> but it just made me think of how, why do we need God? We're in an age of technology, and the way it's going to advance before the Antichrist comes on the scene, people aren't going to need God because so many answers are going to come through technology and uh, innovation and everything that they're separating us from our need for God. And we're in a society where things happen so quick, you know, why do we need God? But in all of this that's going on, and everything that we have, sometimes we have too much information and too many options, and it brings us into a place of indecision. We feel overwhelmed with decisions we have to make, and we're afraid that we might make the wrong decision. I know that because my wife's been putting some uh, drapes in our house, and I think they've gone back, I don't know how many times, put them up, take them down. There's holes, all, it looks like someone took a machine gun in our walls because there's so many holes where the rods go up and down, <laughs> or termites, one of the two, but I think they're gonna change again because my daughter-in-law just came and kind of gave her some advice, and I think they're changing <laughs> again. But again, you know, sometimes we have so many options, we go into a place of passivity or we procrastinate or undecided. But really the most precious thing we have is our will to make the choices. And I love really being a Christian and making that choice. I have decided to follow Jesus when I was nine years old, and that's why I struggle today. Because my decision is in my spirit, my decision is in my will, and yet when my old nature acts up, I'm held by my faith in Christ. I'm held by the Spirit of God. doesn't mean necessarily I'm feeling it in my flesh, but I know I am not wavering in my faith. And that's that strength that we have in our will because of our born-again experience. But the struggle we have is with our natural, with our soul, and it's its place of indecisiveness. The whole thing about our, our will is sometimes we become double-minded. And really, a double-minded person is really stuck in their will. Our key verse today is James 1.8. This is from the Amplified. For being as he is, that double-minded man, a man of two minds, hesitating, undecided, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Do you ever feel like that? Do you feel like that you're so unstable in, in the way you're thinking and you feel like you're double-minded? Again, if you've ever been in a place where you have to be in agreement with someone and make a decision and you know there's this deadlock that happens, you don't get anything done. Well, how many times have we been like that in ourselves? Just being deadlocked and not knowing what to do, being in conflict, conflicted inside of us and, and we don't know what to do. We don't know what decision to make. And that continued conflict, com being in conflict keeps us from moving forward. Also, hesitation costs us opportunities. How many times have we hesitated in our will in making the decision and it costs us maybe an opportunity or, or something that was important to us? Also, our undecidedness can bring anxiousness, can bring an anxiety. When we're unstable and insecure and we have a hard time making decisions, people don't want to trust us. People back off from us. Also, sometimes we can become unreliable. 
we can become uncertain because of different thoughts and feelings that we, we are dealing with. In some of the Gospels, Jesus was in the garden praying and wrestling with his will and going to the cross. And I realized that Jesus had made a choice to do God's will, but had to come to a complete and final choice that allowed him to fully embrace his choice and then do it with confidence and not waver. I was just thinking about that. I, I love the examples of Jesus in the Gospels because he was real. He was all God and everything and all human, and yet to see him struggling with his will, to see him knowing something he didn't want to do, and he had to struggle with it, and I think it really hits us in our own Christianity and those things we know God is pushing us towards and urging us on, and our will feels so resistant. Well, don't feel like you're terrible or don't feel like it's too bad for you. Know that God's going to help you in that place. God's going to help you in that struggle to make the choice that he's trying to push you toward. And I think first, sometimes it's most important is to know, know your own will. Have you ever just sat down? Sometimes we do things so automatic, maybe our will seems kind of automatic, but sometimes we have to sit down and really think about where we're going. What do we, what do we really want? What are we going after? Is it worthwhile? Is it, is it going to be worthwhile? Is it going to be something that's going to really add value in our life? Or am I, have I chosen something and really am at the place where it really it's not really what I want or it's not fulfilling or it's not satisfying that part of me that has the God desire and has the heart after God? So knowing our own will. The double heart and a double mind. In Psalms 12, 2, the psalmist wrote, they speak idly, Everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. The definition from the Strong's is the inner man, the place of the spirit and the soul, the mind and will, and the places which we have and make our decisions, the places in our own desires. And yet, as a Christian, being born again, your spirit is connected with God. And there's that new connection with God where there's desires and there's motivations and there's sensitivity that the Holy Spirit's giving us and directions he wants us to go and they can cause us to be double-minded. Our heart can be off where we're not really tuned in with what God wants us to do and so that can be a place of conflict also. Psalms 119.13, the double-mind. The psalmist wrote, I hate the double-minded but I love your law. Maybe sometimes you're uh, in relationships with people or working with people that have double mind, they're double minded. Or maybe your boss is double minded and it just brings you so much frustration because what, what are you supposed to do? Or maybe deadlines come to you because something is uh, stewed over such a long time and finally when you get it, you're frustrated because it's going to cost you more time or overtime or whatever. And Joshua, he's 110 and it's his farewell message. This is Joshua 24, 15. Joshua said to the Israelites, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your forefathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in which the land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
you know, I think sometimes there comes a, a point where we've gone along in indecision or even long periods of time in our passivity with God and are really not making the choice to serve him wholeheartedly and jump in every in the whole way where we have to draw that line in our own life and make that decision. What am I going to do? What is my choice going to be? Elijah's called prophet. Israel had come under the inf- 